Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is Monday. Hopefully you've recovered after a sort of late-ish night. What time are all you people going to bed? So much complaining about the day after the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm dragging. What, what is everyone normally doing on a Sunday night? Like, this was so rambunctious compared to your normal, like, absolute. You sat there and watched TV. It's it. No, Nobody needs the day off. So strange to me. Don't get it. Maybe you're tired from being mad at my joke tweets. Maybe that exhausted you. Eh, it's the same as every other day. It is 410. It is time for the Monday message. All right, Dan. The pressure is on. Can you weave football, the world, the Lord, all of this together? No. 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 Okay. And and I didn't even attempt to do do that that. yesterday. And I think, you know, God bless the people that tried. You didn't do a message at your church. So what some— Honestly, the Super Bowl was never mentioned. Mm. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't mentioned as part of the service. We were joking around beforehand about it. So Dan, yeah. uh, outside of his great work of producing this program, is also a teaching pastor mm-hmm. at a local uh, church, and so you share a little bit today of what you uh, talked about in Robbinsdale yesterday morning. Yes. So uh, yesterday was what we call in the liturgical calendar Transfiguration Sunday. You may have heard that term before. Transfiguration Sunday is the final Sunday in the season of Epiphany, and in the season sort of the Super Bowl of Epiphany. No, would you say it's not at all the Stop big it. game? Stop it! That's not at all. No, oh. it's it it's the final Sunday of Epiphany. The season of Epiphany is a season where you know we've done Advent and Christmas, and we celebrated the Incarnation, and now it's about Jesus's earthly ministry. This is about what did he teach? What was he doing while he was amongst us, living as a human being, living a human life? That, of course, is going to lead us into the Lenten season, and then that goes into the Easter season, and we all know what happens there. But during this Epiphany season on Transfiguration Sunday, which is always the final Sunday, we tell the story of the Transfiguration. If you're not familiar with that story, I'll do the thumbnail sketch. Jesus takes a few of his apostles up on the side of the mountain. There's a bright light. Moses and Elijah are there, representing the Law and the Prophets. And it's a chance for some of his followers to see him in his full divinity, which they have not seen. They've seen him do stuff that they've marveled at that they find amazing, but this is him sort of unveiling himself as, uh, as God incarnate. And he does a very interesting thing. He, as they go back down the mountain, he tells them, don't tell anybody what you, what you just saw. And this is something we go back, we've talked about before, that in the Gospel of Mark, there's this tension between the fast pace of events and Jesus constantly pulling back the reins on revealing of who he is. And there's reasons for that. That if we had 20 minutes, I'd go deep diving into, but we don't. But the message yesterday was really focused on the voice of God in that moment. Because like Jesus, when he's being baptized, you hear God say, this is my son, the beloved with whom I'm well pleased. In the transfiguration story, that voice returns. This is my son, the beloved with, him, who, with, well, with whom I'm well pleased. But there's three additional words. Listen to him. And so the message yesterday was really kind of focused on that. 
in the sense that this, the church that I pastor at is a church where a lot of people have had uh, this phrase we call church hurt. And there's another fun phrase that people like to banty about called deconstruction, right? There's a lot of people that used to believe things that they just don't feel like they can believe anymore. And they're not sure, you know, what's connected to what. Can I put this belief down? Does that mean I have to stop going to church altogether? Does that mean I have to give up on Jesus altogether? How does this all work? And that's a lot of stress for a lot of people because, unfortunately, there's a lot of churches out there that will tell you, no, 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 you can't. You have to have all of this stuff that we've heaped upon Jesus or otherwise you're not really following Jesus. There are gatekeepers, and what Jesus came to do was to be rid of gatekeepers, telling uh, the Jewish authorities at the time, the Jewish teachers at the time, you all are really good at filling out the checklist, but you've missed the heart of the whole thing. And as Christians try to follow Jesus, and he's talking about the heart of the whole thing, a lot of us say, yeah, yeah, that's great. Now where's our checklist? And we, we've missed the point. And so what I was trying to encourage people to do yesterday, wherever people are at on their journeys, whether there's somebody who does, who's not a follower but is open to hearing about it, whether there's somebody that is a follower but isn't sure where they fit in anymore, or that there's somebody that's gone through this process of putting those beliefs down and is just trying to decide, can I stay here at all? Go back to those three words and listen to him. Don't listen to gatekeepers. Don't listen to institutions. Don't listen to media caricatures of what this is all about. Pick up the Bible. Go to the Gospel of John. Go to the Gospel of Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount and just listen to Jesus' words. Listen to what he says. Read what he says. Judge his character for yourself. Don't listen. I even said yesterday, don't listen to me as a pastor. Judge his character for yourself. See what those words actually say to you. Read them with an open mind. See what those words say to you. Discuss them with people you care about, people that may be Christians or may not be Christians. Get various viewpoints, but get them from people that you trust, people that know that you have your interest in mind, not the church's interest in mind. Or if you really want, send me an email here at yeah. the show. This sounds like advice that we would give anyone in relation to anything. That Generally. You sh- right? The problem is that that advice doesn't often enough come from the church. The church too often is trying to tell people, here's the gate. Here's how you get through the gate. And If you don't check off the boxes exactly how we tell you to check off the boxes, then you're doing it totally wrong and none of it counts. And that's not the way Jesus led. That's not the way Jesus taught. Jesus accepted everybody regardless of where they were at in their life. He said, follow me and we'll work through all of these issues and thoughts and problems together. Not you have to have all your stuff lined up before you can come to me. And that's unfortunately how too often the church is doing it. You think it had to be pretty crazy for the disciples. You know, you're coming down, coming down the mountain, Mm -hmm. just got like a... Like, whoa, all right. Had a, you know, pretty mind-blowing experience, yeah. You're coming down, and then Jesus is like, hey, you know, like, this is, let's keep this on the down low until I rise from the dead. Right. And you're like, pardon? And, and there's actually, there's, well, there's something of an explanation for it in the story, because if you look at Peter's reaction in the story, he exclaims as he's seeing Jesus and Moses and Elijah all bathed in this brilliant light, blinding light, he exclaims, this is awesome. I'm glad we're here. I'm paraphrasing. This right. is awesome. I'm glad we're here. Let's build three tents or tabernacles. It's the same word. Yeah. Remember that the Ark of the Covenant, when the Israelites were wandering the desert, was kept in a tent, in a tabernacle. It's the same word. So he wants to build three shrines on the side of this mountain, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus. Never mind the fact that they have no construction materials whatsoever mm. with them at the time. Yeah. And oh, by the way, Peter's a fisherman, not a carpenter. So what does he know about building anything? But that's 
in that moment, he's this is, oh, we got to build these shrines, right? Yeah. And that's the key to why Jesus was so slow in revealing himself, because that's the instant reaction is to deify him, is, is to make him king, is to put him on top of the power structure, is to worship him right there in that moment. And that's not the kind of Messiah he came to be. Do you, do you think today, you know, be, because the Internet makes the world uh, and makes information and makes primary sources mm-hmm. so easy for people, right? Like, yeah, is this idea of like, uh, you know, in, in, in your example, we're talking about the way that the church, uh, certainly historically, Different churches and different religions have yep. sort of different yep. interpretations no of question. this, right? But is it more difficult uh, for any institution to sort of be a gatekeeper in in the way that you're talking about? Yes and no, um, which is a horrible answer to any question. Well, it's like easier that, for us, I will say, as a, uh, a regular person. Yes. It is easier— to let someone else tell you what you should think about something that you don't feel like super educated in. Especially when that person claims to uh, represent the will of the creator of all things. Yes. That's the part that still carries with That's it. That's the right? hard part. You're right? right. People have information to all kinds of resources and can investigate all kinds of things for themselves. We do our own research. But when somebody steps up and says, I've studied this stuff, I believe you know, I have a pretty decent idea of yeah. what God's going for here, so listen to what I'm telling you, that still carries a lot of weight with a lot of people. Yeah. So if you do that wrong, that can be a problem. Right. Yeah. And and look, we all do it wrong. Look, I'm not trying yeah, to anoint myself as, you know, I know it all. I, I've got this all figured out. I don't. Nobody does. But that's the thing is that you have to be humble enough in doing this job to say, look, I don't have this all figured out, but here's what I see and here's what I feel. Now tell me what you think and let's have yeah. a conversation and let's work through this together as a community, which is the whole idea. It's very, very good. Thank you. Dan, thank you. The Monday message. Um, I wonder if this is a good opportunity when we come back to talk about the one of us commercials that were on last night. If you're like me, like a lot of people in your social media feed are saying this today. If Jesus knew that someone was spending $7 million on Super Bowl ads, instead of using that money to feed the hungry or house the homeless, Jesus would be pretty pissed. Um, let's talk about it. Did you like the ads? Did you not? 651-461-9226. Drive time continues next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Drive time with Russia. Once again this year, a nonprofit uh, had these ads and you're watching the Super Bowl. You're like, Ivan tweeted that if Jesus is looking for a radio endorsement gig, if there's any money left over after all of those ads, I'm available. Uh, the reaction, as with anything with religion, is going to be is, you know, you love it or you hate it. 
I'm asking kind of what you thought of the he gets us at 651-461-9226. I got to be honest, I have no problem with a nonprofit spending money to market a religious message. We've seen it here in twin in the Twin Cities with the very provocative sort of uh, Jewish billboards that are up, right? And, you know, they're sort of cheeky, like come for the girlfriend, stay for the, you know, whatever, this sort of thing. Um, and, you know, that is a group called Jew Belong. This is a similar idea. There are questions, as always, about the group behind it. And, you know, are these good people? Are these bad people? Well, I, I would just say this. Like, you can focus on the message without uh, spending too much energy worrying about the messenger. It's valid to look at the messenger and say, like, ah, is there some sort of nefarious agenda? But the... Uh, the, the the Jesus ads are run by a different nonprofit than was running the thing last year. But the big ad was, the first one was about foot uh, washing. I'll play a little bit of it. It's mostly musical with scenes of people washing other people's feet. And then the text, Jesus didn't teach hate, he washed feet. Let's be real, like, we are as non-religious as a, a culture as we've been in a long time, right? So a little marketing is maybe not a bad idea. 651-461-9226. Andre in Richfield is on the CCO Talking Text Line. What do you think, Andre? Oh, well, I certainly agree that any organization, as long as it's constructive, that's the beauty of the First Amendment and a free society is that organizations and private parties have the right and should have access to speak a message. What I think that message is lacking, though, about the criticizing $7 million in advertisement, anybody who is informed understands that in advertising, cost is based on cost per thousand, meaning how many, what did it cost? per thousand people who you reached. And if we be realistic about how many people are watching the Super Bowl, it isn't necessarily that much money per thousand people who you got your message to. It's true. So $7 million is a relative term, and people need to be informed about that. Yeah, it's a good point. It is a lot of money, and I do understand this idea. You know, I I think it is useful for people to know, like, this isn't your neighborhood church that bought the ad. It's a nonprofit that's been collecting donations with the express purpose of doing this kind of marketing. So I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. I I do understand that. Well, you could feed a lot of people with that. But that sort of suggests that maybe these people are feeding a lot of people. I I don't I don't know. To me, it's a little dismissive and sort of anti. Not not to be total blanket statement about it, but it's people who like don't like a religious message is is the crux of it, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Andre. Clark is in Minneapolis at six five one four six one nine two two six. Clark, thanks for listening. What did what did you think? 
Yeah, the foot washing ad. I have to admit I loved it because the thing that I like about ads when they're going to have a religious ad is showing regular people, not just, you know, our, mm. I'm using my air quote yeah. fingers here, the stereotypical photo of, of, of Jesus in his robes, his long hair, and then washing the person's feet. I loved all the scenarios that they, that they showed about that, I meaning real people can actually get along in this world. That's what I loved about it. Yeah, <laughs> so. That's really good. Thanks, Clark. Appreciate that call. Another texter says, Jesus, just like every other charitable organization, needs to market and perhaps turn $7 million into $21 million <laughs> to be used to feed the hungry. I mean, I understand it. Like, part of me, and this is something I think we all like, we put this on nonprofits, where whenever they spend money on anything that isn't the core mission, it feels a little icky, doesn't it? You're like, oh, that's so much money that could do so much good. So so I do get where where people are coming from on that. Right. You think about any charity that you donate to, right, and then how many mailers you get following that donation, and you keep right. thinking, how much are they spending in this direct mail yes. that yeah. could have gone to whatever their core mission is? Yet without the direct mail, the amount of money that they would have coming in to do that core mission goes down precipitously. You hope. So. Like, I will say I would be more upset. I'm Catholic. I would describe myself as a non-practicing Catholic uh, because I don't go to church that often. Um, I would be upset if, like, the diocese here had a Super Bowl ad. Let's talk to Jana in a car. But if a nonprofit wants to do it, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. Jana, what do you think? Well, I have to say that I really loved that ad. Um, as we're heading into Lent and um, Good um, Holy Thursday comes along, that's exactly what Jesus does, and that's what they do in our church among um, our priestess, the members of our church. And with all the hatred and divisiveness in the country today and in the world, I thought it was a perfect message to put out there um, that isn't selling product. It's mm. Selling humanity. And um, I also loved the football commercial for the kids in Guyana. I thought those two things show love and support. And we're all human. We're all human, regardless of the color of our skin, the religion that we practice, our ethnic background. And to see something like that in a Super Bowl ad, I thought was a tremendous thing. Janet, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I agree with you. Thank you for calling, and thanks for listening. 431, the new Senate Majority Leader is going to join us in just a couple minutes. Just a couple minutes. So we'll talk about the start of the new session, plus the way uh, she ended up in this job. It's not exactly how State Senator Aaron Murphy would have liked it. We'll talk to her next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.